On today's episode of our podcast, we're going to talk about what's going on in the state of Illinois. Did the legislature just make their state more safe, or did they just double down on more crime? We're going to talk all about it on this episode of The Bell Post. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to The Bell Post. After the death of George Floyd, the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus filed a bill to uh, introduce police and criminal justice reform. The bill was called the Safety, Accountability, Fairness, and Equity Today Act. Uh, We refer to it as the Safety Act. You've probably heard that name in the news. Uh, The bill also pulled something from a previous legislative session incorporated it into it, and that was called the Pretrial Fairness Act, and that was the most controversial portion. Proponents in the state legislature championed the bill as a broad and ambitious initiative that took a detailed look at sentencing reform and policing and other issues. I'm going to focus on a small part of the act, and that was uh, the Pretrial Fairness Act. Uh, That's the part that was controversial, that's the part that was opposed by many counties, and that's the part that litigation was filed upon. The bill was opposed by the Illinois Law Enforcement Coalition and Republicans. Uh, I think law enforcement ultimately compromised because one of the provisions in the original bill was to end qualified immunity for law enforcement officers. And at the very last, as a part of those negotiations, they removed that part. And I know, I understand that. That was very important for law enforcement. Uh, From what we've learned since uh, the time that this bill was filed, if they had gotten rid of qualified immunity for law enforcement, they would not be able to hire anybody. And if they did, they would be completely stymied they wouldn't be able to do their job because anytime someone questioned what they did and someone had any money to fund it they wanted to play lawfare through uh through litigation they would they would be having every question that they they did uh, every judgment that they did where you could choose different uh make two different choices they would be sued and they wouldn't have a qualified immunity defense any longer and so i understand why law enforcement compromised to get that portion out of the bill so let's talk about what the Pretrial Fairness Act did uh, to uh, the criminal justice system in Illinois. Uh, there has been news reports that claim that Illinois was the first state in the nation to get rid of cash bail. That's, those statements are intentionally misleading because th- the state of Illinois had gotten rid of surety bail, which is the private industry, years ago, probably more than 10 years ago. And I would argue that that's one of the reasons why crime has been increasing, especially in the city of Chicago, because accountability went down. Chaos uh, increased. And we've already seen in many other states and in other, other urban areas what, what happens when you, get, when you try to limit or create alternatives to the private industry, which are not true alternatives because they have such a high failure to appear rate and they have no accountability. So if the state of Illinois had already gotten rid of their private surety bail system, what was the system that was in place before the Safety Act? And what they had was still a system of bail, but it was all cash bonds. And so you either posted the full amount of the cash bond when, when a judge set bail, 
or you pay 10% of the face amount of the bond to the court or some percentage of the bond amount to the court to be released. In fact, when they got rid of the surety bail system, they made the argument that they were just getting rid of the middleman and they were going to take the premium themselves. Uh, but the problem with that argument was that that argument was that the was based on the assumption that the private industry did nothing other than just get people out of jail. And we know that that's not true. The private industry bail system has the lowest failure to appear rate of any release mechanism currently in use. As a result, when they got rid of the private surety bail system, their failure to appear rate dramatically increased because they got rid of the lowest failure to appear rate release mechanism system that they, had that they were using. And so at the time of the Safety Act, what they were left with was cash bonds or percentage bonds. The problem with that is I call these the, the worst of both worlds because they're relying upon people's failures to appear because then the courts get that money and they were funding operations, funding um, victims relief funds with, those fun with that money and other using it for other sources. And so... We have George Floyd's uh, death, and we have these reforms that are being uh, filed in uh, the Safety Act, and we com we dramatically change the release system in Illinois as a result. We get rid of all types of bail, which is the only time they have left was cash bonds or percentage bonds, and we replace it with a, a modified federal system where it's release or detain. Uh, but the problem is it's not based upon the federal system. So in the federal system, back when we filed the Bail Reform Act in the 80s, there, approximately 25% of people who were arrested were detained pretrial. But over time, currently, the uh, percentage has gone up dramatically. There are presumptions in the law. So if you're filed with certain charges, there's a presumption that you should not be, or there's a presumption that you should be detained. And so currently in the federal system, which uses a release or detain uh, system, approximately 75% of the people who are arrested are detained pretrial. Now, the state of Illinois and the, the urban areas in Chicago, I mean, they're not built with the capacity to be able to do that. We can't detain 75% of the people who are arrested pretrial. We just can't do that. And so when they enact a, a bill or enact a statute that calls for release or detain, then they have to put limitations on it because otherwise the system will fill up overnight. And we'll just have chaos. And so they make a list of statutes, a list of crimes that are detainable. And initially, if you're not on that list, then you cannot be detained. So you have a right to be released. It's kind of like what's going on in Harris County right now for misdemeanors. They can't hold you no matter what, no matter how many times you fail to appear, no matter how many, no matter how many times you commit the same crime over and over and over again. The judges there have, have, they make this argument that they can't do anything. The Constitution requires release, and that's absolutely not true. The federal courts have rejected, rejected that argument every time it's been made. But what the Illinois legislature did is they encapsulated that argument in state law. Everyone has a right to release. But if you want, unless you're on the list of charges, that you can be detained. Now, what does that do? Well... 
you know, when you make this argument, hey, let's give them a good intent, all right? You've got first-time offenders who can't afford to pay bail, so they're stuck in jail. That's a good intent. You want to protect the poor. But when you enact laws like this, you're tying the judge's hands so they can't address organized crime, career criminals, or gangs. And so while we could argue, we could argue absolutely that they're looking to protect the poor, but but as a result, they're tying the hands of judges, and judges can't do anything about really crime increasing because of this Safety Act. Under the new system, the burden of proof is on the district attorney to ask for the defendant to be detained. So we're taking away the responsibility for setting bail from judges. We're taking away all of their discretion. And we're leaving them to be the judge of whether the uh, district attorney has met their burden of proof. Under the old system, the judge was responsibility for set. It was the judge's responsibility for setting bail. It was reviewed on an abuse of discretion standard. And if the um, defendant wanted to have bail reconsidered, they could file a motion at any time. So this is a fundamental change, a drastic change in the way we're getting people to go to court. We're, we're saying, hey, they either have a right to be released and we can't do anything about it. So if they don't show up, they had a right. And uh, if the DA is not going to request that they be detained, and if it's not on the detained list, then there's nothing that can be done. It's like in California. I talked to a district attorney in one of our episodes from Yolo County where he said that across the state they have an 80% failure to appear rate on misdemeanors because you can't do anything to them if they don't show up. So this seems to be moving to that type of system. I would close out this section by highlighting that News Nation did a town hall on rising crime or crime in America, and there was a a mayor from North Carolina who was in attendance. And she made this point about uh, the private bail industry and um, defunding the police movements and and so on and so on. But her, her point was that there's a reason why the private industry bail system has been around for 200 years. And... And until you, and it was because of their low failure to appear rate and their high level of accountability. And so her argument was, until you have an alternative that has the same low failure to appear rate and has the same level of accountability, then you don't have an alternative to the private industry bail system. So when we switch from a private industry or bail system that uh, relies on the private industry to get people to court and you switch to a detain or released system but you're not willing to increase your capacity of the number of people you can hold by building additional jails then you've got a recipe for disaster and that's what's going on in Illinois you've got no additional jail capacity you have no additional funds being given to the courts to make up for the funds that they've now lost and were relying upon for years. Uh, so they were they had courts that were operating based upon uh, relying upon people's failures to appear, their failures in com- coming to court for the court's operations and victims' funds. And now those are all gone. After the bill passed, there was a lawsuit filed by 65 counties uh, challenging the new law in court. 
uh, December of last year in 2022, um, Judge Thomas Cunningham from, oh, I'm not ever going to be able to pronounce this county, but Kankakee, K-A-N-K-A-K-E-E County, ruled that the uh, statute was unconstitutional based on the uh, Pretrial Fairness Act. He alleged that it violated the separation of powers. Also, it required a constitutional amendment, and since the legislature did not uh, request that the voters approve a constitutional amendment, that this, the bill was unconstitutional. The bill went up to the uh, uh, Supreme Court of Illinois, and the Supreme Court ruled that it was constitutional. And they held that the legislature had to a right to restrict uh, cash bonds um, without amending the Constitution. The dissent in that case m makes a very good point. The dissent says when the state of New Jersey overhauled its pretrial release practices, uh, it first amended its Constitution to do so. Uh, the legislature the dissent argued that the legislature should have first asked the citizens of this state to reconsider the constitutional mandate that the safety of uh, crime victims and their families be considered in setting the amount of bail. Since the legislature did not do that, the statute was unconstitutional. The Illinois Supreme Court's ruling was 5-2 to two, uh, along party lines, and since the Illinois Supreme Court had the final say on whether the bill was constitutional, it went into effect. So as we look at the Pretrial Fairness Act, which is a portion of the Safety Act, we have to say, is this going to make the state of Illinois more safe? And I have to question whether it will. I would say it will not. This act was passed as a result of a reaction to the death of George Floyd. That whole movement of bills or reforms that were um, pushed during that time were anti-police, anti-public safety, anti-law enforcement, and also were intended to make uh, things easier for defendants to be found guilt, not guilty or to not be prosecuted. And you see that throughout the Safety Act. We've got uh, reforms on uh, sentencing, so we're going to have shorter sentences. And we're going to have reforms on policing, and we're going to have reforms um, on pretrial release. Uh, but this isn't just a reform. This is a wholesale change. And we're now going to have, on top of all the other problems that we're having in Illinois, and especially in our urban areas, now we're going to have complete chaos. Uh, what are you going to do on all your misdemeanor cases when you have an 80% failure to appear rate and you can't do anything about it, you can't hold them in jail, so even if you did find them and brought them back to the judge, the judge had, would have no discretion but to release them again. And so can you even get quick cases resolved? And then when we're changing felonies to misdemeanors, that just makes the problem even more and more worse. And so you, mark my words, next year we're going to hear from the proponents of the bill it just needs more time. No, it doesn't. More time is going to make it worse. And so the Safety Act is not intended, in my opinion, to make us more safe. It is intended to do one thing, and that is to make it more difficult to prosecute defendants. It's going to make it more difficult, impossible to hold defendants. And it's going to be perceived as a green light for defendants to commit even more crime in a situation or in an area where crime is already increasing by 17% a year, and it's runaway crime.
this is not the path for public safety. This is the path for chaos, for de facto criminalization. Thank you for joining us on The Bell Post. Thank you for listening and come back for the next episode of The Bell Post.